The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Good morning and happy new year. And all that <clears throat> all that stuff. Yeah, this, uh, this is like <laughs> pop star news that you want me to talk about. No, 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 man. It, it's I don't want you to talk about the gossip. I really don't want you to talk about the gossip or the pop star thing. Well, it, it was something about New Year's Eve performance. Yeah. So did you? Did you? You didn't hear about this at all? No. Okay. I am so, a hermit. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, like, did you guys not do anything for New Year's? I didn't. Oh. Huh. Mary had to work, and I just. Stayed at home and did whatever came to mind. Uh, all right. I'm not going to go down that path. <laughs> I guess I could have worded that better, but... <laughs> you could have, yes. <laughs> okay, so apparently <clears throat> Mariah Carey, um, they had a um, they had an issue with her in-ear monitors. And she couldn't hear what she wanted to hear. Okay. And so she, in part, sang whatever she wanted to sing, like a singer would. And we already know she's a fantastic singer anyway. But it didn't line up with the lip sync. And she had trouble hearing herself to begin with. And so she basically just, like, complained on mic, on live national television that she couldn't hear what she wanted <laughs> and then gave up and just pointed the mic out to the crowd and said, you guys sing. <laughs> anyway, so I guess there was a huge Twitter backlash as would be expected. This huge social media backlash. Well, she lip syncs. Uh, her, her team, or she said that she was missing, she was missing certain vocals and that she in her, in her ear monitors and she didn't get a sound check. Oh, the production company, Dick Clark Productions, I think. Um, oh, and and her management even said that the production company sabotaged her for better ratings. What? I yeah. I, I, yeah. I fail to see how that benefits the production company. Exactly. Anyway, so <clears throat> the production company says that's that's bullshit, and they're. They've dropped the they've dropped the lawsuit um, word, like they might take some legal action for defamation, um, and they're saying that Mariah Carey refused to sound check. Uh, and of course, you and I both know that whenever whenever broadcasts like this happen, it's entirely up to the TV um, to the TV station that broadcasts it or that that re- whatever. Um, to choose whether they're using the live mic or the pre-recorded mic. 
pre-recorded track, right? Right. It's totally up to them to choose that anyway. So, yeah. This is why I was hoping you'd do some show prep and we could have a quick dialogue about it. Yeah. You caught me up to where I would have probably read to. <laughs> okay. So what are your what are your thoughts on that? I don't know what to think. Like I understand like on the Twitter backlash because people don't understand how the music business works. <coughs> right. I get that. And all it makes me think is, oh, those people are dumb. <laughs> Which is also true. Which people are you talking about, though? Uh, people getting angry that at that pop star's... Lip sync. Lip sync, yeah. yeah. It was like, you, you demand that they sound fantastic. Well, she wasn't, even, she wasn't even specifically lip syncing, because, I mean, she was... There was points where she was singing. There was points where she clearly just didn't bother singing. Right. You know, and, and that's what makes me... That's what makes me think that... It was, like, more her backing tracks... Um, like her harmonies, well, blah blah blah. Yeah, there were there were. It sounded like it sounded like she had, um, she had a double in places. So I heard, um, yeah. I heard about four minutes of it last yeah. night. That's pretty common for, um, for pop, for pop. Yeah, because even Beyonce has that where it's there's a double being played to the audience as yeah. well as her, and yeah. people, people who catch that are like, oh, she's lip syncing. No, it's commonplace because yeah. you, as the audience that like their music a lot, demand that they sound like they do on the record. Exactly. Yeah. And how they sound on the record is vocals stacked upon vocals. Yep. Vocals and vocals and vocals. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have 60 tracks of vocals, it's not a professional record, right? Um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, <coughs> what about the whole sound check thing? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts in general on artists not doing sound checks? Uh, depends on, I guess, who's saying no sound check, though. Like if it's the production company, which I'm not saying in this case it is. Um, I mean. If the show goes wrong, it's on the production company in that case. Well, no, there's always, excuse me, there's always um, technical issues that can come up too, right? Yeah. But you try to minimize those with sound check anyway. Yeah. And if it was the artist that was refusing to sound check, why are they waiting for the artist? Why not just do sound check with the rest of the group and then you can focus on the artist when comes time for performance. Well, and, and, and there was, like, okay, she just sang to a backing track. It was her and dancers on stage, and that was it. There was no other live band. But I imagine there's other people involved in that show. Yeah. And well, they could have done a tech rehearsal. They probably, yeah, they probably did a tech rehearsal for sure. I mean, with or without her there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you run through the song, you make sure, you make sure that everything seems to be working. The feed so, out to her inner ears, whatever. Artists like her, though, usually have their own people on tour with them. So, I mean. Yeah, but a lot of. You would think that her engineers would know what she wants and would feed it to her. Right. Yeah, which, which makes the whole thing more confounding. You know, 
there's so many there's there in theory there's so many checks and balances for that 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 you know it probably was just a technical malfunction that that she responded kind of poorly to one of the uh, from what i've heard of how pop stars work uh, she's pretty mild in her reaction at least from what oh, i've yeah. heard I've heard stories of people getting mad because of the small thing that most people wouldn't care about went wrong. <laughs> yeah, like that story of the Dixie Chick, uh, the violin player for the Dixie Chicks that stormed off the stage and threw her violin at the stage manager or tech hand or something that was backstage. Why? I, I don't know. It was, this is, we're going back a decade or more. Right, okay. going going back to the Bush era. Okay, <laughs> so so it's like at this point, two presidents ago. It, it was yeah, exactly right. It, it was it was a it, it sounded like it was a total diva moment, but it was some some festival or some outdoor concert. Something went wrong, and she stormed off stage and threw her violin at somebody. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was at the height of their their um success too but okay yeah. i didn't care about i still don't care about the dixie chicks really so i do enjoy their production um huh. i do like their songwriting i can imagine but, i can now that i have the experience that i have i could probably yeah. find something in their music that i enjoy but yeah. well you're not much, you're not big into country music as a rule anyway right I wouldn't say a rule, but I definitely don't prefer it. Yeah. That's kind of the, the, like, as a generalization, you're not a fan of country music. No, not unless it's like the old stuff, like the Johnny Cash and those guys. You mean I like more that stuff. Predi- prejudicial, racist shit? Yes, so. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just, I don't know. That feels more country to me. And it's probably because of like growing up, that's what the grandparents yep. all played. So Yeah, that's totally fair. Whereas the newer <coughs> stuff, to me, it just sounds like classic rock where you talk about trucks and girls in short shorts. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that's one of the reasons I, I always had a little more patience for the Dixie Chicks. Because, I mean, there were girls for one, so they never fell victim to the douchebag country. Right. Which is a huge issue. Yep. I cannot stand douchebag country. You can't stand your Red Solo Cup songs? I hate that song so or, much. Or, I have ever heard that song maybe twice so in my did, life. Did you hear about the, the uh, that, that country guy that basically had Metallica as his band? Mm-mm. So I don't know if he started the trend, but it, it has become a trend. Um, and I don't know what, what the official name of the subgenre is, but it's, um, I think I call it bro country, <laughs> but it's, it's dude in a plaid shirt with short sleeves, typically okay. leather, leather arm band, like uh, wristbands, the country hat that's pulled down so oh, yeah. low that, right. And big Marshall stacks cranked up to 11 and sl- like slamming heavy metal, just 
Just falling just short of thrash. <laughs> it's so well, they combined metal with metal country, country lyrics, yeah. lyrics or something, or country singing. Like like the 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 front man, you would have no doubt is is country. Like he's he's pretty bro and pretty butch, but country. And then, oh, then man. The, his band might as well be. Like they might as well be Godsmack. I hope that or, never becomes a thing because you know if it does, Alberta is going to be king of dude, that. It is. <laughs> it is. It has been a thing for a decade now. Ugh. Yeah, Jason Aldean was the first guy that I heard come out like that. God, it makes me sick. It. That doesn't sound like a genre combination that I can think of that would sound good. I. 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 I almost want to blame Kid Rock. Ah, yeah, he kind of is that, isn't he? He, he kind of started that trailer trash rock meets metal meets rap. Now he's country kind of thing. Yeah. <sighs> That's like Alberta all over it, essentially. I'd almost, you know what? I Actually, I, I would almost like to get my hands on a band that's like that just to see if I could shape them into something that's actually... Listenable? Worth, yeah. Okay. Well. We'll see. Good luck on that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you want to talk about yeah. Drake Rule and New Year's resolutions. Let's jump into the, into the Drake Rule. I was listening to the um, to the Bobby Osinski podcast, the last one, his last one of the year. And he, he did a breakdown of 2016 and, and projections for 2017. You Both mean of, you were listening to the first five minutes? Of- no, no. His his last podcast was 31 minutes, no interview. And he was just talking about industry trends from 2016 and his future projections for 2017. It was actually a really informative, okay. really informative breakdown. That's what I like about his podcast is more news-like stuff. Yeah, because he, I mean, he's definitely an insider with insight that you and I may never have. Um, well, there's like things where I heard of him, but he has like that extra bit of detail that's always right. interesting to hear. So one of the one of the things that he he brought up as a trend was the fact that Drake has completely abandoned the album model of recording and releasing music, like completely. He didn't release that's what. Record producers, engineers have been telling people to do for the last, what? 10 years? Yeah. yeah. I, because I, we saw that there's no money to be made in, <coughs> in records. Yeah. So why do it? Well, and I'm, and I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see more and more artists take that kind of approach. Yeah. You should only release a record if all the music ties into one another. So what, so what Drake has done um, and the, the Drake rule, this isn't specifically the Drake rule. The Drake rule had more to do with, uh, the Grammys, I think. Um, but, uh, what he's done is he's pretty much released an album every four to five or a, a single every four to five weeks. And uh, once a month, roughly rough, roughly. And he has a new event with a new video and a new reason for people to go listen to him every four to five weeks. And a normal album mm. cycle, like the best albums out there have maybe had half the record come out as singles. 
Yeah. Right? Like Michael Jackson's Thriller, I think, had seven off of it. or uh, And Def Leppard's Hysteria had seven off of it. Yeah, it's difficult to get those. Right? Um, but going back to this model, like this is a model from the from the fifties and earlier. Yeah. Before before an album was, I mean, an album well, was just yeah. a collection of here's a bunch yeah. of songs. We're going back to the singles where it's like yeah. one or two songs is being released because that's what the artist can afford to release. Yeah, and it, it didn't make sense to. And they didn't. And then when they had enough material, they just kind of <laughs> got it all together and released. A full length. Well, and, and, and full lengths weren't even weren't even um, a consideration no. back in the 40s and the 50s until... No, that was more someone like, came along you want to own hey, all the songs that have been released this yeah. year? It's like, the full length. Here's a, here's a greatest hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's all the songs that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so that's, that's something I, I hope we... I'm really sad about it in a lot of ways because I absolutely love albums. Um, I well, have... Bands are always going to be doing albums anyway. I don't know, Certain man. bands. I was, maybe, but like you have your, to have... Your have prog rock bigger. guys, those are guys that are going to do records for... See, at the I, very least, they're going to do like three song collections. They're going to... Well, yeah, and and I think, I think we're going to... I think that's where things are going to stop is, you know, three, four five songs as a collection might be as much as we get nowadays. And that, that's really sad to me. Some of my favorite records, some of my favorite records, I don't particularly want to listen to individual songs. I want to sit down and listen to the whole. That's generally how I listen to music. Right. Um, that's how my new year's played out. It was fantastic. The wife had some friends come over and they got really, really drunk and they basically let me just play whatever I wanted all night long. So you long. just played full records? I played full records. I played three Katie Malua records back to back, British jazz singer. Right. Then I played three police records back to back. And then I played uh, a full Dave Matthews record. And that was about the time I was ready to go to bed. That's a lot. That's it was a good seven night. hours of. It was a good night. I don't think any of the records were an hour long. Well, yeah. I, I I estimate that for a record. Well, the, Although I guess you can't do that anymore. Can't do that anymore, <laughs> no. <laughs> Especially if it's got to fit on an LP, right? It's oh, yeah, because everybody's going back to vinyl. So It'll like, be two 20-minute sides. Yeah. You, you can't, can't even say... Over 40. You can't even say 44 minutes anymore because guarantee no one's like no one's going to fill up both both sides with 22 minutes. Um, that was another thing that Bobby Osinski had mentioned in his, in his, um, in his future projections was there'd been a, uh, an, an improvement, not an improvement, uh, a revolution. No, God, <clears throat> I need more coffee. I'm not even, not even two mouthfuls into this cup. Um, there'd been an advancement in record manufacturing and vinyl manufacturing. The standard thing had been up to this point, they take a, a rubber puck like lump of vinyl yep. and stamp it with two discs, right? Yep. Now they're doing injection molding, which is Yeah, I know what injection molding yeah, is. Yeah, so they're so it's 
it's faster and it's going to speed up manufacturing processes as more and more companies invest in it. Well, considering there's six to seven, eight months backlog on on most record I I, I get it. It's just, just injection molding has its downsides too. Like what? Well, the bubbles can form and stuff like that. So there is the potential that you're you're going to get that one where there's a bubble in one of the rivets. Ooh, so that could be detrimental to your needle. Yeah, they must have they must have ways of um, of preventing that. Uh, I mean, you, you would have to have a high quality machine to do it. Yeah, which is a lot of money. But I imagine most of these companies that are doing this have high stakes, right? Like if they, if they become a, <clears throat> they become a company that has a reputation for, you know, one or two bad units out of a run of a thousand, that's pretty like that, that could be pretty detrimental to their business, right? I don't know. One or two out of a thousand doesn't sound terrible. And if you can pinpoint where, those happen you could probably even then discard them <clears throat> but you'd have to yeah. do enough runs of records and tests to find those right because i know like some people who do these injection molds they know roughly where problems start to occur okay but yeah that, so it'll it'll, it'll be a process to get going but i imagine once they're once they have it established installed established there. I mean, it's awesome that they could do it faster now. It's just, Oh, from me knowing thing, a little bit of injection molding from other hobbies that I have, it's like (laughs) air bubbles can occur. Um, he also mentioned that, that the injection molding made for better, um, uh, what did he call it? Um, better sustainability, um, or, uh, yeah, better sustainability to groove wear, um, something like that, or maybe it was more accurate groove implanting. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Instead of stamping a big puck, you're, putting like a liquid in a, a mold. So they'll probably have more, um, I don't know, not enough coffee. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) we should, we should be probably be more detail in the grooves. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe that's what he was talking about is more detail in the grooves. So there'd be more, more hi-fi representation of, of playback. They're everybody's hundred dollar yeah. freaking needle <laughs> they're, machine. Yeah. They're vinyl to USB converters. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're oh man. I, I, working where I work, it is amazing how many people come uh to buy our our um turntables. And it's just like, why would you buy a turntable that's made for DJs? When all you want <laughs> is the play button, essentially. Maybe people don't know where to buy them. I I could see that, but it's like they're they're pay, paying six hundred bucks for a yeah. DJ turntable that has all these 
fancy stupid things that they'll never use or or they'll use it or they'll use and they'll, it they'll, and they'll then scratch their records yeah they'll, <laughs> like they'll badly scratch their records <laughs> and then the same amount of money you could get like a really good record player that doesn't have those extra features that yeah. actually has better components and will sound better yeah i'm really sad that my record player at home um, i can't use because the puppy runs around and jumps on it <laughs> oh yeah i have mine pretty up high yeah i thought i thought i had mine high enough because when she was when we got her she was small enough that and she'd never reach it but oh yeah. mine is high enough that it's like mary's head level Oh, crazy. Okay. So. Good thing Mary's short and you're tall. Yeah. Yeah. And See, that would be too tall for me, I, I imagine. I don't think she's ever needed to. Touch it? Touch it. So. If she wants to listen to music, she goes on Spotify and listens to it, which I usually do too, because I'm lazy. <laughs> but yeah. I do occasionally take out my records and play them. Uh, though I want to get a better record player. Yeah, I bought the one I currently have is just a hundred dollar cheapo one that I knew I was going to replace anyway. It's just I bought it because I have quite a few records and I want to play my records. Sweet. I dislike cool. the phono uh, amp in it too. It's stupid. Didn't you start using that one that I gave you? Not yet. Okay. Because I'm lazy. <laughs> I like I, I like mine. I, I have the same one. I have the same one at home. Okay. Um, yeah, I got two of them. I don't remember. Oh, um, just... But uh, but yeah, they're they're pretty nice. Yeah, I'll I'll probably most definitely use it once I replace my my record player mm. with something that's like decent. Right. Like I'm thinking of getting a three or four hundred dollar record player without a phono amp. Have an external phono amp and yep. yeah, yeah, <coughs> excuse me, something with better needles. Well, the needles are all replaceable anyway, right? Yeah, but so you, you it, need to get certain needles for certain certain players, right? Players and yeah, uh, Crosley doesn't make good quality needles. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. My record player is from the seventies. And I have a sure needle and a grado needle for it. They fit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. They were they 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 were bought for that machine in the eighties. Oh, okay. Um. Haven't. So my old man hadn't plugged in the record player since late ninety three. Okay. It the the whole thing literally sat on the top of a closet for 22 years before I got it in the spring. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had a lot of a lot of hours on it in the 80s, but virtually nothing in the 90s and nothing 2000s. in the 2000s. Yeah. <coughs> and I. I um I want to get I want to get a new record sorry a new album on both CD or Spotify I guess I could um 
but also on vinyl because I've been I've been starting to notice newer records and the the um, the the compression distortion the limiting distortion that is happening um, on some of my favorite records of the last ten years mm-hmm. it's really bothering me. Like the, the the Katie Malua record, it was jazz, uh, records. They were jazz. They're fairly new, um, no distortion whatsoever that I noticed. Right. The Police records, both the, or all three of the CDs that I have are pre- remasters. Or? No, they're not. They're pre remasters. So they're okay. So I think I think I've had them all since the early nineties. Anyway. The remasters that tend to give me problems because <sighs> like I'll listen to them and be like what the hell was the engineer thinking? Because now this is like super distorted and it's lost all the excitement that it had. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I heard the, um, I heard the remaster of uh, the police's Zenyata Mandata. I think that's what, that's the one it was. Um, and it was, I don't know if it was remixed as well as remastered, but it was mastered Definitely. to sound like, <clears throat> mastered to sound like a late nineties, early two thousand like um mix. Oh a sausage. Oh, it was gross. It was just gross. Like like the the low end, which was very seventies, because it was the end of the seventies. Yeah. And it was it was present but not dominant, had suddenly become the dominant in- instrument. And Sting wrote most of his bass parts to be part of the arrangement, not a dominant thing. And so when you make, when you make a sting baseline, a dominant element in the mix, it becomes massively overwhelming because it's too busy. Well, Sting's baselines aren't dominant until it comes to a part of the song where it needs to be. Exactly. And that's, that's part of good arranging, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I was, I was so disgusted when I heard that, when I heard Even that listening to him live, just... that's how it works is... <laughs> You don't yep. think of Sting's bass playing until it comes to that part where the bass line is the focal point. And even then, it's not an overwhelming sound. It's it it takes over as the lead instrument. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, yeah. So But that's modern records I know. these days is all bass. Well, that's modern live sound too. Holy shit. Yeah. Seems like every DJ that comes in and rents stuff, it's like, I want these four ridiculously sized 18-inch subwoofers and then just your middle-ranged tops and only two. So, you know, the most powerful subs we have. Yeah. And then they don't even match it with, like, at least two of our most powerful tops. They just get whatever <laughs> tops. They whatever don't the- care about the tops, in fact. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just want to be able to hear that someone's talking. You know, or you just want to be able to hear when the, the that something's there when the bass drops out. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> I walked down White Ave after the New Year's officially happened, and... Ugh. What was that? Uh, those were terrible. With my headphones on, yeah. I could hear uh, some of those places from across the street. Jesus. Like... I, and yeah. then Mary was telling, like, trying to convince me and our friend to go out, and it's just no, 
I am not going into one of those places. Yeah. Yeah. No interest. No interest yeah, in no. being. They're loud enough on like the weekdays when nobody's there. Yeah. And I wear my earplugs then. If I can hear it from across the street with headphones on. on. Yeah. Like I have, even with my earplugs, I think that would cause me some ear damage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, not going in there. It made me, it made me, th- it reminded me of my little brother um, when he was late teens, early twenties, got himself a fancy quote unquote fancy car stereo system for his truck. Hmm. And his EQ literally was a smile graph, like a smile uh, yeah. curve. That's right? what everybody does. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was so bad that, that his song would literally be like his, his truck literally projected as high as 120 Hertz and then nothing like I, I shit you not nothing from 125, 150 all the way up to like 10 K all, just, everything else was just, booms, booms. yeah, yeah. And I, and, and we would, there was, there was some of our early adulthood fights where I'm working in, I'm working in live sound mm-hmm. at this point, full time as a career. So I'd go in I mean, he's, he's got himself a little graph. So I go in and I restructure his graph. So the truck sounds good. You know, maybe he's out, you know, outside filling up his tire or something and I'm sitting in, I restructured. He comes in. The first thing he does is, push, 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 and he says, "Don't fucking touch my stereo." <laughs> like, well, then turn it the fuck off because it hurts my ears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awful. And I knew he was listening to country music because the bass was going, boop, 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 and then and then the only other part of the song I'd hear is. Like, how is that entertaining? Like, how do you like that? It's just background noise anyway, man. Fuck off. It's really <laughs> loud background noise. It's unnecessary. <coughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so this is our our first episode of the year. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on something that was supposedly useful. Like, we used to have useful conversations on this podcast. We did. Used to, okay. Ah, we. I mean, we we once had an episode where we took questions from from Twitter and Facebook. Oh yeah, right. But we don't get those questions anymore. Yeah, we don't ask for them either. That's um, true. Anybody listening, if you'd like us to answer a question, or if you'd like to leave a comment, we would be thrilled to hear it. You can go to Twitter at Bottom Shelf RT. And I'm sure James will answer you there. <laughs> no, I'm going to bring it to the podcast. Um, you can try our email address, bottomshelfrecordingtalk at gmail.com. Oh, we have an email address now. You knew that. I did? Yeah, it's the email address is how we log into the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like the only thing I know that we do it, use it for. Uh yeah, you can, You can, of course, you, you're already listening to this. Um, you might be listening to this on G-Radio. Um, but if you want to listen to it elsewhere, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, and... Probably Google Play. Podbean. We're not on Google Play. Really? 
Yeah, I haven't. I haven't figured that out yet. Okay. It, it's supposed to be really easy, but. Yeah, they yeah. said the same thing about iTunes, and it took me like three days to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Stitcher was a simple application process, but it, we were on Stitcher for two or three weeks before anybody let me know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I was leading this somewhere. I wanted to, I wanted to have you think about your resolutions and, and they don't have to be resolutions. I, I had this debate with someone yesterday. They don't have to be resolutions. Just looking forward to 2017 or forward over the next, you know, little bit. Right. What are you, what are you going to try to do? Over the, let's say the next year. I don't know. Usually when I think I want to try to do something, I just kind of do it. I don't use the new year to. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the new year. Like, like I'm, I'm going through a restructuring of my own business. Right. And it just happens to be close to new year, the new year. Right. <coughs> you know, so um, like, like for me, for me, I'm actively going after more online work. Right. more out of the local area work. Um, and I'm, let's see, there's three things. I'm actively going after more online work. I'm trying to be more selective and go after local work, local artists that I want to work with. And I'm going to say no to more artists that I don't want to work with. And I'm actively looking to take on a partner here at the studio. Right. Um, I think I am looking into, at least according to the little conversations I've had with some people at work, it's possibly building a studio. You guys are actually thinking of building, hey? Uh, well, we'll probably rent a, f a place and then build the studio in that place. Right. But... Yeah, I think that's what the the main guy who's been really pushing for it wants to do is that. And his dad's like a woodworker of sorts. Okay. Uh, so he, I don't know. That that's what how it's been explained to me is. Right. We'll probably build rooms, and I I've I've came up with the whole. You know, that's going to cost majority of the money, like the upfront costs will be the building of the rooms and stuff. Yeah. Because wood is not cheap. You should um you should have them talk to me. I'm I very well, much want to talk people out of building studios. Well and uh, I've I've uh well one of the people that will probably be involved also has experience building and I think he's even said like it's expensive to do. Like you're <clears throat> you're wanting to do something really expensive. I built this place here myself. It's four tiny little rooms and it cost me, shit, it cost me um, almost over, almost over somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 grand. Yeah. It's not, it's not cheap. I wouldn't recommend it to, because of how many studios there already are in town, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Well, that was an idea too, is possibly 
taking over some of these studios that we haven't heard of doing any work in the last couple of years. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. If they're still available, that is. So, I mean, that's definitely not. Uh, well, and, and, and looking at, looking at staying South side, um, there's, there's a place like the physics lab is now on the South side and he's only there part time. Mm. Um, so there's, you know, possible opportunity there. Yeah. Um, there are, there are a number of studios in the kind of downtown ish. I mean, it, it all depends on what you guys are looking for too, I guess. But well, from what I am able to gather, it's going to be like a rehearsal space slash recording facility. Oh yeah. Cause some of us that are in it kind of want a rehearsal space as well. Right. And to me, it makes more sense to have it like a rehearsal space slash recording studio. You, if we're renting out the the rehearsal space, that's like a pretty steady income because bands always need rehearsal space. The guys from White Lightning are doing that in, um, at least one of the guys anyway, uh, are doing that in St. Albert. They took over a second floor of uh, something because um, I don't know St. Albert very well. And they turned it into a, like the main live room they rent out as a rehearsal space. Right. But they also have like a, like an LA 610 and a Personas console and computer and stuff in there Yeah, that can run it as a, as a recording, um, recording yeah. rooms as well. Yeah. I think I've been the, the dedicated, because I have a whole shit ton of mics, the dedicated you're going to provide majority of the recording gear guy. <laughs> oh, good. Lucky you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I say that loosely. I just, yeah, I, know I know like you guys at all have, we all have gear yeah. and, and like some of them are going to be contributing like <coughs> synthesizers and stuff that I will mm -hmm. probably never own because I have right. no interest in getting into modular synthesis. Yeah. That's fair. I'm, I'm, I'm currently dipping my toes thinking about buying a, one synthesizer and it's pretty easy to use basic synthesizer that has I think three different sound libraries built into it or something. Oh, okay. There's sound engines, I think. I don't know. The System 8 is what I'm after and it has the System 8 sound, the Juno sound, and nice. one more technically isn't released yet but if you buy the synth you get it free and cool. then the ability to add an additional one more i think it is which you can buy off of uh roland's website or whatever <coughs> that just makes it that makes a lot of sense in yeah. today's digital world like well it's the digital analog synth yeah it's a hybrid essentially and now I, I, it seems like it would be a good investment just because I got three, well, out of the box, I got two with the third coming out synthesizers right. in one. And it looks cool because it's a bunch of green lights. <laughs> nice. And what do you need in a recording studio? <laughs> Things to look cool. Things to look cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just installed. And if they sound great as well, that's that's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm tempted now to go online, um, and uh, and 
try to figure out what other what other studios are down in the um down in the south side. Yeah. Well, I still have to think of like how much money would I be willing to contribute to yeah. this place. There is that, yeah. Um the audio department is south side. And if I do end up contributing to this place, then it's like I'm then... on the first page. I'm on Google's first page. That's fucking awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. I'm on uh, there. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm on there with other studios. Like Turnkey is always at the top. Yeah. Um, he's got someone awesome running his website. Um, Power Sound, which is now not a studio, um, is still on there. Resonate, of course, because they advertise like motherfuckers. The audio department, Sound Extractor, Edmund Tone. Uh, uh, yeah, Sound Don't, Extractor. All of those are like the big boys. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then um Kijiji, which is okay. Uh Dan Lin Studios, which is a gorgeous studio um in uh the just past Sherwood Park. Oh yeah. He's, he's got like a, a a beautiful huge studio built off the back of his house. Isn't that lives the acreage. place I showed you after I got fired from the one studio? I don't know. I don't know. The the guy supposedly was going to a studio somewhere around there. That was like the really out, gorgeous. Out past Shrewd Park? I think so. Okay, cool. That, that, that's probably it, because I don't know that there's many out there. Uh, Ghostwood Studios, which I don't know a ton about Ghostwood Studios. Um, he's the guy that was, he had a Soundcraft ghost. Um, and then us. That's fantastic. <coughs> yeah, this guy hasn't updated his web. This baffles me this guy hasn't updated his website in um in six years <laughs> um but he still gets work i, I have no idea because yeah the, the the website hasn't been updated in forever uh um, well, that reminds me i should probably renew my Oh, my website domain, unless they already canceled it, in which case I'm going to go to somebody else and get it for cheaper. This looks like, this looks like a black box. Yeah, he's just moved into black box. That's all that's going on here. Uh, Black box sold recently? No, no, they didn't. They just... Black Box is the studio that they, they just bought that uh, that LaFont um, console, the one that makes the Titanic movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's not selling anytime soon. He's so in deep in there. But I'm just I'm just looking at uh, at these pictures, and I'd swear I'd swear this is Black Box. Uh, maybe it's not. You know, maybe I'm full of shit, which is often the case, but. Yeah, shit, man. No kidding. Anyway. Um oh. don't may name is apparently not available. Your domain name? Yep. What? Because I've been not paying it because I don't want to pay my Gotcha. 
people as much as I've been paying. Because I've done some looking and I saw that I could get it for cheaper. Ah. Rod Hermanson is uh, the guy that runs Ghostwood. I had a conversation with him like five, six years ago um, about his ghost console. Uh, you know what? Maybe it wasn't even that long ago. Um, but I, you don't know the name? No. Okay. Anyway. There's so many studios in town. Well, that's that's just it too, right? Like there really are so many studios in town. Um, let's zoom in on the then, White Ave area. I think, like I've said before, I'm not interested in. Oh, here's here's what you guys should be doing. What? <clears throat> if you're looking at if you're looking at sticking around the the White Ave area, I don't know if we are or south. B Scene Studios, like that location, is. I don't know that anybody's taken over it, right? Well, they probably haven't taken over it because it's expensive. Mm. White ass man, but the infrastructure, like the infrastructure, should already be there, right? Yeah, the infrastructure is probably there, but can we afford it? Yeah, that's fair. like the rent is so ridiculous on the Ave. It's even off the Ave. It's stupid high. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, it's a great location, but you don't necessarily want on the Avenue location for a recording studio. That's fair. Yeah, nothing else coming up on. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, McCallum's studio is on the south side there. Yeah, um, he comes in all the time. Is he just a home studio? Oh yeah, he's just a yeah, home studio. Yeah, he's a home studio. But he, he comes in and grabs stuff from Long McQuaid all the time. Yeah. Um, then there's Old School Sound. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen this guy in a long time. Oh yeah, he's working out of his house again. Working out of his house too. This guy was super cool. Um, this old school sound studio. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if he's still doing it because his website is no longer there. But he had a, a dacking board and and a radar system. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then he had a he had a twenty four by twenty four pad, uh, cement pad on massive springs just like they used to do in the old days that was the studio itself was completely suspended from the earth that's awesome yeah um i remember i had a again i, I had a couple of conversations about buying gear from him a handful of years back um but his website went down so i don't know what to go what to think about that but well my website yeah. went down too that, that's that's i'm true. still working strangely enough Although, i've been getting a lot of views on facebook Really? Yeah. I get notifica uh, notifications all the time. They're like, you got five new visitors on hmm. your page. I've is been that, kind of ignoring them. But is that you going to your page? No. No, you don't go I to don't your go page? to my page. <laughs> I don't go to my page. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just get the notifications telling me that somebody's went to my page. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. And at one point <laughs> earlier this month, I got like 16 views. But I, I don't know if it's maybe this podcast or something else that I've been posting on that people have just been looking at. You guys should try page. to take over turnkey. 
uh, what? Tur- tur- turnkey. You know Turnkey? Yeah, I know, I know Turnkey, but I yeah. thought that the people running it right now are doing well. They are. <laughs> but I'm sure they'd always be looking for other people to... Right? Fair enough. I think ultimately, though, we're looking for a place to, like, pool all of our gear together. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Turnkey would allow us to do that. So we might just have to do the thing where we just all pool in to get a building or something. Copper Cabbage Studios. That's a weird name for a studio. Right? Um... Audio recording, web design, development. Let's take a look. Uh, Copper cabbage. I usually get red flags when I hear the whole web design, yeah. this, 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 this. It's like you, you couldn't master one of the arts. Therefore, you spread yourself out incredibly thin or willing to do anything. And you're not exceptionally good at one specific thing. Paige and Ryan. Oh, that's the... So it, it looks like it would be a. Uh, <clears throat> home studio again? It looks like it's a home studio, but it's it's in an industrial area. Maybe it's an actual facility. That's what I'm thinking. Um, recording music should always be about the music first with the sound engineering engineer capturing it. This is not to say that electronic. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Um. I don't think your clients care about that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, They have a disco ball. They have a shrink rack system. Oh. Um, Disco ball could be handy in a studio. Yeah? Yeah, get the mood. Um, The the pictures kind of look cool. Let me see if I can find it. I would love to get LED lights. If I was to build like my dream studio, there would be LED lights built into the ceiling where I could change the colors. Yeah, dude, they're in a, look at that. They're in a, um, office building. It looks like, looks like, yeah. So that, that's, that's worth looking into. Ah, seriously, you gotta, what the hell? What? Uh, Pictures aren't loading up. Crappy. Anywho, on to the next thing. On to the next thing. What's the next thing? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think people want to listen to you Googling studios <laughs> in the city. You mean that's not good radio? Yeah. Well, I guess we could continue on the whole resolution thing. What else, um, what else are you uh, looking, to, looking to get out of 2017 or the next year? I'm, you haven't been working much. No. Um, this 2016, last year. I haven't really been working that much. Yeah. Partially because pretty much have to start from ground zero after the one place. And I've just yeah, been, but you eh. pretty much have to start from ground zero regardless. Yeah. Right. It's not like, it's not like that place specifically trashed your name. No, it didn't trash my name, but I did say no to a lot of jobs. Because of it. Because of it. That's fair. So it, it yeah. So now you have to look at saying yes to a lot of jobs. Well, you still I don't running Kijiji ads? To. No, not really. That's fair. 
I've I've been pretty selective as to what projects I take on, and I occasionally get the hip hop guy calling me, and I, I've not at this it. point I'm I'm just saying no, I'm not do I'm not working on hip hop. Yeah, I had a um, uh, if a hip hop project comes to me, I'm actually going to recommend them to my coworker Nolan. Oh, cool. Is he he likes that stuff, yeah. and he'd probably be more willing to do that so it's just like yeah i'm i'm finding i really enjoy working on hip-hop records but i don't enjoy working with most hip-hop people artists managers hangers on um so i'm i'm well yeah the last one i was willing to work with i lost money (laughs) yeah right fuck (laughs) and the podcast was born Ah, cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Right? Though we were talking about doing the podcast for before then anyway. Yeah, it just kind of gave us the kick in the ass to get it done. Well, yeah, because I was here yeah. for two days straight, and it's just... So, so we I got nothing to do time again here. <laughs> we might as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but, yeah, I probably work towards doing something. I would like to play a little bit. I don't want to be in a band or anything, but I would like to play on records or something like that. I think. Have you thought about um, about about throwing your name out there as a session player? Uh, I'm no session player, though. Well, then you got to go asking buddies and say, "Hey, can I play on your record?" Oh, I have been doing that actually. <coughs> All right. So, but no results so far. A lot of my buddies don't necessarily live here in Edmonton, and the ones that do live here in Edmonton have projects on the go that don't require bass players. Yeah, but aren't you more of a guitar player anyway? Eh, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But even then, they don't need a guitar player either. Like a lot of the buddies' projects going on right now are very synth-heavy. Yeah, that's so. fair. Uh, and then I might invest in a synth, and if I do, I might write some weird stuff. I don't know. <laughs> you Not know what you, you know what your resolution should weird. be this year? What? Release something. Like finish your own song and release it. I should do something. Like, yeah, I should do that. Yeah. Now, if only I can just make the part in my brain that goes like, "Oh, this isn't complex enough." <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should. Um, so, so the wife's girlfriends, a lot of them are single right now, and they've made this pact that they're going to go on five dates with five different dudes each. Okay. Okay. Super simple. Get them out there in the dating within world. a year. That's um, I doable. Think they, I think they have a deadline of 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 um, Valentine's Day. That's doable. That's the, yeah. That's like one a week, right? Less than one a week. Yeah. So what you should do is let's set a deadline where you have to release something, and if yeah. you don't release something, you have to give me you have to give me a piece of gear. I don't want to part with any of my gear. <laughs> I know that's the motivation. That's the whole motivation. Despite the fact that I have some, well, I only have one piece of gear here that I never use. <laughs> Is it just your snare? I think so. Okay. I think that's the only thing I've given you that I haven't. <clears throat> okay, so so Valentine's Day, you're going to give me one of your mics? No. 
<laughs> okay, actually, yeah. Yeah. Because I got a couple that I don't want anymore. Cool. There you go. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the deal. Joey's going to release something, and um, we'll see you. Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.